Good morning, church gathered at Pleasant Street. The Lord be with you. Thank you so much. It's a joy to be together. If you are joining us from home, welcome. The Lord be with you as well. I do have a couple of announcements. Uh, first of all, thank you so much to those of you that helped at Healing Hearts Hospitality Home yesterday for the work party. A lot of work was done, and uh, so thank you for your part in that as well. This morning is Family Sunday, and so we're so glad to be worshiping together with all the generations. And so if there are little ones that may need to get wiggles out or even bigger ones that need to get wiggles out, behind and under the balcony is open. So that is definitely a space that feel free to move over to there and get the wiggles out and um, just use that space. It's open and it's been cleaned. Also, along those lines, there are activity boxes that are out there. So if there are any young ones that need to have those activities, those are available as well. This Sunday is also Faith Promise Sunday, our Faith Promise kickoff. And so there are pledge cards that are out on the table at the fellowship hall. As you came in, you may have picked one up. Otherwise, you can get one as you exit. Faith Promise is a time when we don't look at our resources and say, okay, this is all that I can give to God and give to our missions. Instead, it's a time when we say, God, what would you like me to give? And you need to provide it, right? So prayerfully consider what God is calling you to give for our missions for this year, and then you can complete that pledge card. You can drop it in the offering box that is outside in the fellowship hall. You can also do your pledge online. So even though things we know are tight, God will provide. And we have made a commitment to our mission, so we want to make sure that we ask God how he wants us to provide for them as well. Please make sure that as you came in that you have taken your communion elements. We are celebrating the Lord's Supper this morning. So if you did not get any, there will, looks like Steve is going to get the basket and he will come around. So just raise your hand and they will bring some to you as well. And we have coffee this afternoon. Or I'm sorry, after the service. It won't be this afternoon. It will be this morning. Uh, so make sure that you join us for coffee outside, and that will be another time, wonderful time of being together. And finally, this morning, we welcome Mike Sullivan, who will be preaching and blessing us this morning. And God is here in this place. So I invite you now to join me in a time of quiet prayer as we prepare for worship this morning. Dear God, we come to worship you today. We come to sing, to pray, and listen. You always hear us. Help us to hear you. Amen. I invite you to rise in body or in spirit as we join in our call to worship. We're having a party. We're gonna celebrate. So friends, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with loud shouts of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is awesome. A great king over all the earth. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet.
All right, clap your hands. Let's celebrate. Put those hands together. Lord is good. We are going to celebrate him. We're going to worship him. Here we go. Ready, go. Lord, you are good and your grace is
We come to you with hopes and fears, with convictions and doubts, with pain and joy. God of goodness and grace, we long for your presence, for the peace your promises bring, and for the assurances we have received through the gift of your Son. Forgive us our sins, O Lord. Forgive us the sins that we know and those that we don't know. Forgive them all, O Lord, because of your great goodness. Let your Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ, wash over us as we drink deeply of your living waters. May we, your people, this day and every day, have open eyes to see, open ears to hear your presence among us. Open us to your Holy Spirit, Lord, as we worship today. Amen. Worship. All the people said amen. We come from all different places. 
hurts, fears, joy into this place of worship. And all the people said amen. Here we go. You are not alone if you are lonely when you feel afraid. You're not the only. We are all the same. In need of mercy to be forgiven and be free. It's all you've got to leave. share that peace with each other. And then you may be seated. morning. So uh, just to reiterate, it was really awesome yesterday to see all the people that were able to help with the uh, Helping Hands Hospitality House. I know uh, Kara Lewis is very appreciative of all the work there, and it was great to be a part of that and to see a lot of our especially uh, young people help with that. Uh, 
Um, we want to remember Pastor Burns as he is en route to our, uh, our location, and hopefully he has good uh, traveling and um, gets here safely. We want to make sure to remember him in, in our prayers. Um, also, there were some emails that have gone out recently in regards to the, the funds that are needed to help him move and to help rebuild the parsonage and do some cleanup work in there. If you are so led to contribute to that, those funds exist, and um, we want to make sure that we provide a welcoming home uh, for Matthew and his family. Let's come to our God in prayer. Lord, we thank you once again for the ability to come before you this morning in worship. We thank you that we live in a society and in a nation that allows for us to worship you freely. Remind us that not all Christians have this freedom, and let us not become complacent in this. Give us the desire to glorify you in all that we do, and may our lives reflect you. May those who come in contact with us see you in us. Lord, these days many of us here are struggling with life. Many of us are dealing with daily stresses that seem to be greater than usual for various reasons. Remind us that we can lay our cares on you and remind us that you are in control of all things. Lord, be with those you've placed in authority over us at the various levels, whether it be local, state, or federal. Be especially with those that are making decisions about how we are to live in the midst of this current pandemic. Give us wisdom and patience as we make daily decisions about how to interpret what we hear. Give us grace as we might not all agree on how to live in the midst of this virus. And remind us again, Lord, that you are in control of all things. And Lord, as we're in the midst of a contentious election season, give us wisdom as we choose the men and women who are to lead and govern over us. May our conversations be filled with hope as we look forward to some new leaders. And again, give us grace as we might not all agree on who should be our elected officials. Guide our conversations and guide the process. And Lord, in all things, let us strive for unity, recognizing that we all have the same hope for the future. And again, remind us, Lord, that you are in control of all things. Lord, we recognize this morning that you've called us to support those who work in mission fields, both near and far. Be with the Spallings as they seek to grow your church in Japan. We ask that you would raise up more help for them as they seek to share God's peace with those who need to know you. Be with Gordon Koistra and continue to bless him with good health as he seeks to help others. Be a comfort to him as well, as he sometimes struggles with loneliness. Be with Reverend Natam, who is part of Mission India, as he struggles to plant churches there. May he be filled with wisdom, strength, and patience, as he endures much opposition and hardship in a country that is hostile to your word. Be with our brothers and sisters at Emmaus City Church, and especially with Mike Sullivan and Travoris Weaver, as they seek to make disciples in Worcester. Bless them with your presence. And continue to do a good work in that church. We also ask that you'd be with Karen Masso, Sergei Sesedkin, Jerry Ann, Steve Frieswick, John Berthelet, the Koistras, and Straight Ahead Ministries, who we support through our faith promise giving. You know the struggles and the challenges that each of these people or ministries face, and we ask that you would continue to bless them. And Lord, we thank you that you've given us the ability to provide support and may your kingdom continue to grow in the work that they do. Lord, be with the needs that are represented in our congregation. Be with Becky Smith as she continues with cancer treatments.
Thank you that she has a good prognosis and continue to give her good health as she cares for our brother Jim. Lord, be with those who are not able to worship in person with us due to age, infirmity, or, or the current pandemic. We once again thank you for technology that allows us to worship with them from a distance. Lord, be with uh, Mary Dykstra as she travels to be with her father in his, what are um, thinking to be his last days. Just bless her and her family as they, as they uh, are together there. Be with our, our new pastor and his family as they travel here. Give them safe traveling mercies, and um, may he come here welcomed and refreshed and ready to serve you here. And Lord, we now ask that you'd bless Pastor Sullivan as he brings us your word this morning. Open our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us, and may we listen and put into practice what you have for us to see. These things we ask in your name. Amen. The scripture this morning comes from Luke 14, verse 1, 12 to 24. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was carefully watched. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you'll be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys out of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, Pleasant Street. Man, it is good to be with you all. It is good to, be, to see your smiling eyes. Uh, this is a time where we celebrate the crow's feet. So as much as some of us may want to be hiding those, uh, we need them right now to see the joy uh, that comes forth during this season. Uh, I just want to praise God because Jesus has already brought the bigger party. That's the title of the sermon this morning, Jesus Brings the Bigger Party. And I can say that Jesus brings the better party, and I just want to appreciate the worship and song team. Uh, I think we could just do like an encore, and I can step down, and we'll just keep praising God with uh, how he's brought the joy, because he is good. 
and his mercy endures forever. One of the things that did make me smile, even in the midst of the bitter sweetness of it, is the last time I was with you all was on Sunday, March 15th. I don't know if you all remember, but the title of the sermon on that Sunday was Journeying with Jesus to Welcome Unexpected Interruptions. (laughs) We talked about Jesus and his story on the road and how he was interrupted by a woman who needed healing, even as he was going to rescue a little girl from death. And so we considered not only Jesus' power and presence in those moments, the willingness to be interrupted in a crowd by someone who needed healing, even as he was going to confront death itself and raise a little girl, that we have areas in our lives where we're sick. We have areas in our lives where we're dying. We have areas in our lives where we need resurrection. And on the way, Jesus heals as he confronts death itself. Well, have we believed that in the last few months? That as we've come to understand the coronavirus more, as there there have been many implications into our lives and things that have been interrupted and shifted, and even grief in the face of death, that Jesus has not stopped being on the move in each of our lives, that Jesus has not stopped being on the move in Pleasant Street Church. And I love the beginning of this story, and I love how Jesse read it matter-of-factly, but in Luke 14.1, it says, One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. And I think right now, even for me to come this morning and to have the title of a sermon be, Jesus Brings the Bigger Party, some of us are not feeling the party. Some of us on this Sabbath day are in the midst of bitterness, in the midst of unbelief. Some of us are deeply hurting. Some of us are hoping just to get to the next thing. We're hoping that maybe if we can just get past this election or we can just get past 2020, then things will be better. But I'm here to say right now on this Sabbath day, Pleasant Street Church, amongst you all, that Jesus is being carefully watched and he knows it, but he's still here to bring the bigger party. That Jesus tells stories about bigger parties on Sabbath while being carefully watched. And so... My purpose here is to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. Because this is God's word and it is alive and active. And in Jesus' time, there was a Roman Empire that had some seriously unjust Caesars. There were plagues, including leprosy, that divided homes and separated people from each other. And Jesus still stepped into that moment to give this message in the midst of the home of a prominent Pharisee, in the midst of those that wanted to hear what he had to say, as well as those that were looking through every word to try to criticize him and stop him from what he had to say. But no matter where you're feeling yourself right now, I'm with you. I have moments too in the last few months where I just wanted to get beyond this moment or I was hurting or I was lacking in hope, or I was waking up to new mercies, or I couldn't help but say, Lord, you are good. 
One of the authors that I've come to appreciate in the last few years is D.L. Mayfield, stands for Danielle. And I love this. Listen to this quote before we pray for the preaching of God's word. In a world where many people lived in abject poverty, indeed a large percentage of Jesus' community perhaps did not even know where the next meal was coming from, Jesus hung out with people who were wealthy enough to throw the kind of parties that earned him a reputation. This does not fit with my mental image of Jesus. In my mind, he usually appears sober and disappointed with the world, just like I am. But here we have Jesus, a storytelling agitator who ate and drank his fill in a world full of suffering. I don't understand it. Jesus modeled how to live in a world where affluence and poverty coexist side by side, and we could also say sickness and health, weakness and strength, just like they do in my own city. I think Jesus understood the importance of both lament and celebration, and that there was a time for each. Right now, I invite you to cry this morning. I invite you to laugh this morning. I invite you to cry out for a need for hope this morning, as well as to praise it with each other and to not separate yourself from each other. Because Jesus is the man of sorrows as well as the biggest party thrower. That's who we're worshiping this morning. That's who we're listening to. Let's pray. Holy Spirit of the living God, you are with us. As Becky said, you are our Emmanuel. And you know how to bring the bigger party to all those right now who want to just shout out your praise as well as those who want to cry out with a deep groan of sadness. Lord, no one is diminished in your presence. No one is disregarded. You are the Savior that does not separate yourself from us right where we are. And so, Lord, help us by your Holy Spirit not to hold you back. Whatever you want to bring with this party this morning, maybe we be willing to eat, may we be willing to drink, may we be willing to cry, may we be willing to laugh, and may we do it together. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So the three points I have for this morning are, at Jesus' bigger party, everything is now ready. Second point, at Jesus' bigger party, there is still room. And third, at Jesus' bigger party, he won't stop inviting until the house is full. So again, let us remember, at Jesus' bigger party, everything is now ready. Now, now, as our friends in South Africa would say. At Jesus' bigger party, there is still room. And at Jesus' bigger party, he won't stop inviting until the house is full. Verse 17 of chapter 14, it says, Come, for everything is now ready, but they all alike began to make excuses. If in that moment you're more with those that are making the excuses than with the inviter who's saying, no, 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 everything right now is ready. I feel you. There is grace for you. But as a reminder, Jesus is saying right now in the midst of the division, right now 
in the midst of the sickness. Right now, as we look out among our congregation and there are empty seats where we want people to be sitting next to us without math, Jesus isn't saying, I know, I know, wait, wait, the party's coming a little bit later. No, no, because our Savior is risen right now, everything right now is ready. That somehow he can break in, in the midst when we're saying, God, it's not yet. And yet he's saying, yes, but it's already, already too. It's already not yet. It's the mystery of this kingdom now and yet not fully come. And in the midst of all of that, how do we anticipate as we wait? How do we not be the ones that say, well, God, I just need to get past this year. Well, God, I just need things to be like they were before. What I want to say to you right now is there is grace that he's heard your excuses, but there is grace right now for you to stop even saying that and saying, God, help me to understand when you say that the party is ready now, it truly is. And that there's party enough for me, even in the midst of my despair. That whatever ox you got that you feel belabored on, Jesus is saying, come to me all who are weary. I am gentle and lowly of heart. I will give you rest. I can take that burden and give you direction that sees the party. Again, I'm not diminishing, and Jesus wasn't diminishing everything that was happening in his day or in our days. I'm just begging us to ask the question, is Jesus the bigger savior? Because in the midst of this, when we're furiously just trying to make our circumstances change, we're furiously just trying to get all our emotions out and just say everything to God, but not taking time to listen. What have we missed? Yesterday with Emmaus City Church, I preached on the parables about the mustard seed and the leaven. And in those parables, seemingly things that are insignificant, Jesus gives tremendous significance to and so right now, this moment here among Pleasant Street Church on this Sunday in October, there is incredible significance because we have a risen Savior whose kingdom is near. And he's drawing near to each of us. Why? Because he's gentle and lowly in heart. Why? Because he says, you can cast your burdens on me. And so I know there are big things that we want God to move in right now, that we want changed, but there are also little meals. As much as there are empty spaces between us, there's still somebody else on your row that's sitting here this morning. As much as we're crying out for God to stop death and to heal sickness, and he invites us to do that, you all right here are healthy to be with each other in a way that we can thank God for that too. See, in this story of God, we can have our confessions as well as our celebrations. We can have our prayers of lament and even our imprecatory prayers as well as our praises. And even if we think what we're doing right now is insignificant, Jesus doesn't. That's why he was willing to come as an impoverished child under an empire. It's why he was willing to be a stonemason and a carpenter and work with his hands for 30 years, and that wasn't insignificant either. We needed Jesus' first 30 years as much as his last three to show us what true humanity looks like in the presence of God and each other. 
I love how Dorothy Day, the founder of the Catholic Worker Movement, says this. We can throw our pebble in the pond and be confident that its ever-widening circle will reach around the world. We repeat, there is nothing we can do but love. Dear God, please enlarge our hearts to love each other, to love our neighbor, to love our enemy as our friend. We confess to being fools, and we wish that we were more so. If what you think I've already said this morning is foolish, I know. With man, with humanity, this is impossible, but not with God. With God, somehow the bigger party is possible in the midst of the fears. In this prominent Pharisee's house, amongst all the people that were there, Jesus' disciples, the rich and the poor, the strong and the weak, the skeptics and the sinners and the sufferers and the saints, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God brings the bigger party. So not only at Jesus' bigger party is everything now ready, right now, at Jesus' bigger party, there is still room that his mission hasn't stopped in the midst of a pandemic, that it hasn't stopped Pleasant Street for how you witness to your coworkers on Zoom, on the phone, via text, how you witness to your neighbors when you go outside to put out your trash and they're putting out theirs and you both are dragging your feet that Jesus is looking out at that and he's saying, my love cannot be silent in this moment. If you look, that's what my shirt is saying. This is a shirt from Preemptive Love Coalition that was started when children needed surgery among Jews and Palestinians and Muslims and Christians come together in a place where there's been intense war and saying, even across our ethnicities, even across our different religions, in this moment, love cannot be silent. And love cannot be bound. Jesus said he sees, if he sees the birds of the air and our father takes care of the sparrows, how much more does he want to take care of you and set you free when you're not sure where your job's going to come from, when you're not sure if you'll be sick tomorrow? He still wants to set you loose because it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And so in this moment in which Jesus is given the bigger party and people are saying, no, no, I've got this to do. Jesus, I'm so preoccupied with this. Jesus, I can't get my mind off of that. Jesus tells his servant, keep sending out the invitation. Why? Well, kind of like D.L. Mayfield said, we need Jesus, the storytelling agitator that doesn't leave us alone in our mindsets, that doesn't leave us alone in our own words apart from his word. We need somebody who with a smile on his face says, I've said it to you before, I'll say it to you again. My love cannot be silent. Do you want to join the shout of the kingdom of God? But will we be the poor and the lame who are not too busy. We sang all the people said amen. Let it be so, Lord, that I would be called the poor in spirit. Let it be so, Lord, that I would be called the mourner. Let it be so, Lord, 
that I would be the one who would show mercy. Let it be so, Lord, that I would be the one that would hunger and thirst after justice and righteousness. Let it be so, Lord, that I would even be persecuted because I am willing to bear your name in a world that has lost hope and doesn't want to hear your name. But are we too busy, Pleasant Street Church? In fact, are we too hurried? Dallas Willard, the great philosopher, said there is a world of difference between being busy and being hurried. Well, being busy occurs when we have many things to do. And right now, I know it feels like we have many things to do, many things to still learn. He said, if you are you alive today, and this was decades ago in North America, you are a busy person. If you're alive today in 2020 in Massachusetts, I know you're a busy person. But he said, being hurried is an inner condition, a condition of the soul. It means to be so preoccupied with myself and my life that I am unable to be fully present with God and with myself and with other people. Pleasant Street Church, Jesus can bring a bitter, bigger party in what you may seem as insignificant when you just listen to someone for a moment. Instead of being so caught up in the busyness and then finding your soul hurried, that again, because you've been coming before Jesus as the blind and the lame and the weak and found him full and rich, that the next time you encounter someone, you won't be hurried in just trying to ask how they're doing and moving on. Instead, you'll be present and like the servants who went out in the street, you'll have something to offer because you were unhurried before God. Because when we're unhurried before God, we hear the gospel again and realize it is good news that is the power to resurrect us. We need that space together in prayer. We need that space together on a Sunday morning. We need that space together, whether online or in person. We need that space together when we sit on somebody's porch and make the time to sit in silence or cry aloud, whether through tears or through praises. See, busyness migrates to hurry when we let it squeeze God out of our lives. Pleasant Street Church, don't squeeze God out of your life right now. He's got a bigger party to bring to your soul. He's got a bigger party to bring to your apartment, whether you live alone or with a roommate. He's got a bigger part, party to bring to your household. But when you get to be the ones that hear it, then you also get to be the servants that are still going through the streets in the middle of the night during a pandemic when there's political division, still willing to share the master is throwing a banquet. And that's what you're investing in in faith promise, an extravagant, abundant grace in which Everything is now ready. There is still room and trusting in a Jesus who won't stop inviting until the household is full. So whether you give to those in Japan or you give to those in Worcester, Jesus has not come back, so the household's not full yet. So we keep making promises based on God's covenant promises that every promise of God is yes and amen in Jesus and more people need to hear but as much as you all have blessed Emmaus City Church in giving and praying, 
I think amongst each other as servants of the living God in Northbridge, in Whitensville, in Douglas, he's got more to bust out of your seams right now. Because at Jesus' bigger party, he's not going to stop inviting until the household is full. And again, it can be in these little things. To give you an example, we have a couple that is recently engaged with the Maya City Church in which the wife has had a true encounter with Jesus. For the sake of honor, I won't give you her name, but my hope is that we'll be able to celebrate her baptism soon. But her husband had given me an email address for her that I was beginning to copy on our church's email and ended up being the wrong one. And I got an email from this person saying, hey, by the way, I didn't sign up for this. Can you take me off this email list? And it was one of those where you're like, oh man, awkwardness. Like, I hope I haven't been pestering this person for months. And in that moment, I could have been more embarrassed and thought, oh yeah, I'll do that. I want to honor that person. But trusting by God's grace, at least in that moment, that Jesus brings the bigger party, it was how can I bless this woman just in an email exchange? So I prayed and asked God, and when I emailed her back, I said, I'm so very sorry. I must have written or recorded the email of the person I was intending to write down wrong. Um, So wherever you are, from Worcester, Massachusetts, I just want to bless you. And so here is a prayer. And I wrote down the prayer and I emailed it back. She wrote back, oh my goodness, you're from Worcester? I was born in Boston. And I've been trying to make it back during this pandemic, but I haven't been able to. My family lives in New Jersey now. And again, because of how God wanted to work in her life, and she said, and by the way, wow, thank you so much for your prayer. That really means a lot. Again, I don't know what God wanted to do in that moment. And in the midst of the responsibilities in this week, which has been about an 80-hour week for me, so I feel you all for those that have been working 80 to 90-hour weeks. I had one this week. I know how heavy it feels. The craziness of our house with kids going through school and a dog that is constantly moving around in the midst of six people and, and all those different things that just come bombarding at you. I only tell you this story because that possibility of blessing somebody else by the Holy Spirit is in you and available to you at any moment. Whether it's an 80 to 90 hour week, whether you're tired, whether you're strong, this gospel is the power of God. It's what we hear and receive, but fills us up to give. And so all of you have the potential in any moment to stop and be still and unhurried and to receive what God has for you to bless somebody else with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the household is not full yet. Will we believe this parable? Say, Mike, that's crazy. I know, I've said this before with you all, but being a Christian is owning our crazy. And I wanna close it with a word from Bishop Robert Barron, in his book, Vibrant Paradoxes, he said this about the average baptized person. 
So this goes out to every person that's been baptized in the name of the Father. You are a daughter or son of God who's been baptized in the name of the Son. You have a Savior who is your servant king who does not stop interceding for you and preparing a place for you. You get to serve in his name. And if you've been baptized in the name of the Holy Spirit, you are filled, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to bear his fruit and to offer his gifts to the world. Does not matter how you see yourself, the average baptized person, this is available to you, Bishop Robert Barron says. What does it mean for the average baptized person to be a prophet? See, a person is a prophet in the measure that he or she bears the truth of God. G.K. Chesterton said that in an upside down world, which are such as ours, the prophet is the one who stands on his or her head so that she or he might see things aright. Pleasant Street Church, I'm asking you to start standing on your head. To see things aright. As that Jesus who was called a blasphemer, as that Jesus who was crucified as a traitor, as that Jesus who was called a drunkard and a glutton, This is why, of course, prophets have always appeared to be more than a little insane. In fact, the Hebrew word for prophet, nabi, has the overtone of madmen. Interesting. Well, of course, and hear this quote as we close this message before we come to the table that may seem insignificant and yet is full of sacramental significance. This is a party table we're about to come to, even as you take it from your cup and your cracker and your pew. Listen to this. Well, of course, in a world that has lost its bearings, those who speak the divine truth will perforce appear unhinged. Pleasant Street Church, some of you, if you start to grab onto that born-again living hope in this church and start to appear a little unhinged because your hope's not based on where you've been, your hope's not based on what you can do in your own strength, but your hope's based on what Jesus can do, some of you are going to start looking like you're standing on your heads. And to have an unhinged hope means you're not closing your door. As much as we have closed our doors to people, as much as we've closed our doors in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of we don't want to talk to people that see politics different than us, as much as we don't want to hear from people that remind us of the gospel, unhinged hope is you take the hinges off the door. Because our world's lost its bearings. And sadly, even Jesus' church, when we get our eyes off of him and we lose focus on the bigger party, we have lost our bearings. But to lose your bearings the kingdom way means you will be unhinged with hope. And so that's my prayer for us. I need it. Please pray for me. There's times where I'm going to put those hinges back up, shut that door, close myself off and say, I just need to survive. But that's not the gospel. The gospel is not merely for survival. It's for thriving. It's for in a world that's lost its bearings to have an unhinged hope in Jesus who always brings the bigger party. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, we not only need your word, which is sufficient, but you want to give us more. You want to give us your spirit you want to give us this sacrament. 
And we want to come like we're coming to the best party that can be thrown in the midst of a pandemic. Don't hold back, King Jesus. We need this meal. We need your presence. We need your life. And we get to be part of your body as your church. Nourish your body, your bride, your family right now. In Jesus' name we pray. So in the midst of a party where the best meal is being offered, the most succulent food, the most incredible drink, I'd love for you all to visualize bum-rushing this table. I know you can't. You're honoring each other. And it's true. The Eucharist, the communion table, is a holy table. It's one that does bring conviction and repentance. But how much more does the person rejoice who knows their sins have been forgiven? And so thank you, Jesus, for giving us this meal of unhinged hope to celebrate with together, even through the tears, until you return to bring the marriage supper of the Lamb. See, right here, this meal reminds us in our concerns and our questions that we can turn to Jesus, the bread of life and the vine. Imagine, Pleasant Street Church, if communion Sundays, what you were preparing for was giving a preview of the great party of the kingdom of God. That's what this table is about. Say, how can we do that in a world like this? Well, remember when Jesus did this at that Passover meal, it was on the night that he was betrayed. He brought the bigger party. It was on the night when most of his disciples, one would deny, most would desert. He brought the bigger party. See, on that night, that was so dark, in which he said, Father, if there's any other way, take this cup, but not what I will, what you will. Knowing all that, he still brought the party table. And as he took the bread and he gave thanks, broke it, saying, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant of my blood poured out for the forgiveness of the sins of many. Household's not full yet. As often as you drink, do this in remembrance of me. And so Holy Spirit of the living God, fill us right now. Not with our feelings, not with our sight, not with our limitations, but with the kingdom of God breaking in. Fill us to receive the body of Christ. Fill us to receive the blood of Christ. Fill us to re receive the great Eucharist, the great grace of God in this sacrament, and may it overflow. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you offer yourself to us wherever we're at, however we are, by your grace. In Jesus' name. For any of you all, before we take and eat and drink, if there's anyone here 
And it says, I don't know about that, Mike, but I'm curious. I'm curious about this Christ. If you haven't been baptized into this family in this story yet, but you are hungry now for Jesus, please come and talk to me afterwards or talk to one of the leaders of the church. We'd love to talk to you about how by the grace of God, you don't have to earn Jesus, you just get to receive him. But after me saying that word, Pleasant Street Church, I invite you to demonstrate the gospel. So take your bread. Again, I said take, but honestly, we just receive this too. I've heard somebody say, we never take communion, we just receive communion. So receive this bread, the body of Christ for you. Now take your cup. The blood of Christ for you. Pleasant Street Church, you just demonstrated the gospel. That by grace, you get to take Jesus' sin. Not just hear him, not just consider his words, but say, no, 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 I need him from the inside out. And based on that, based on the one who's able to give himself and keep you, hear this benediction from Jude, who through church tradition may have been one of Jesus' half-brothers. Now all glory to God, who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in our present and beyond all time. Amen and amen. Let's stand and sing.
for the bigger party as those who love our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We say together, thanks be to God. Go in peace. Have a great week. Good and your mercy.